You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we talk about how to preserve your books and e-readers. You want to make them last longer? Last longer. We're going to give you the tips if you want it. The hot tips, if you want them to, you know, just blow away as dust, (laughs) that's your choice. (laughs) But if you want to preserve them, keep Mm -hmm. them looking good, we got some tips for you. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I'm reading a book that just came out this month called You Made a Fool Out of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Amezi. It's a hot new book. It's a very hot new book. And y'all are going to love this, all you romance glassers out there. Oh. Romance glassers, get on this train. Because I'm only maybe, I'm not, I'm maybe like halfway done with it right now. Um, I was going to call them steamy glasses, but that would be bad because then you couldn't see. Steamy glassers. <laughs> the steam, this glass, I like steamy glassers. Um, it opens with a bang, y'all. And I mean like that literally? in all ways. <laughs> in every way, it opens with a bang. What I was interested in this book because, one, cool-ass title. Two, Mallory and I both really like this. A, it's a title from It's from a Florence, Florence and the Machine, Machine song. song. Yeah, um, which I didn't realize that until later. But then Mallory and I also love this author, so it was exciting to read something by them. But then um, I also had read that it was a queer uh, it had queer romance in it, and I have not got to that gotten to that part yet. But um, there are a lot of queer characters in this book. There's there's so much happening here. But basically, um, I'll tell you what it's about. How about that? Um, it is it is about a woman who is an artist, and her husband died a few years back, and um, basically goes out after five years and is like, you know what? I'm gonna get laid, and it finds <laughs> finds a dude at a party. And goes into the bathroom, and that's chapter one. That's chapter one. Wow. Getting there. And then it's sort of, um, I, I was reading some stuff with the author, and they're saying they really were trying to, like, look, there's nothing wrong with romance novels. Romance novels are great. And, like, this is, and I wanted to, and, and they wanted to write a romance novel. Hell yeah. And so it is, like, a little literary fiction a little um, romance. It's kind of a, like a lot of things. I'm really enjoying it. I was not, I don't know what I thought it was when I opened it, but then it opened with this very steamy sex scene. And I was like, oh, this is, I didn't realize this was a romance book for some reason. <laughs> Cause I only, I've only read other stuff. Um, You're like, let me let, wipe my glasses off with all the steam it's coming so off steam. of this So book. all the steamy glassers, uh, get this one. I think you will appreciate it. Um, what are you reading, Mally? I am reading a book that is coming out next month and you should really pre-order it. I've been reading a lot of ARCs lately. Yeah. We've been, we got a huge backlog of ARCs. So I'm plowing through them and folks, this is a great book. If you want to pre-order it for Pride Month, pre-order it just because it's wicked fucking good. It is Hawk Mountain by Connor Habib. And folks, you got to be prepared for this book. This book is intense. It is, you remember how I told you one of my hard things I have with reading is when people's space gets invaded? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So this book is a it, for glassers that love like twin timelines, parallel timelines. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. It's about this man um, and his young son. He's divorced. And one day he's hanging out with his son on the beach and he runs into his childhood bully. Oh. And before you know it, the childhood bully is coming to dinner with them and then he's coming over their house. And then all of a mm. sudden he's like won't go away mm-hmm. and at the same time as the story is being told you're hearing like they go the author goes back and tells you the story of like why they started um uh why they be he became a bully and like what happened to them in high school and like the very complicated feelings the two of them have 
it is a like it got bl- blurred by Clive fucking Barker. So okay. that could probably tell you yes. it is like the thrilleriest queer thriller you could ever read. It is so intense. It is so good. It's one of those books that like I could only read a few chapter chapters at a time because I was like, oh my God, I gotta go, I gotta help this protagonist. I gotta get in this book and help this guy. Mm-hmm. I gotta protect him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, but it, the writing is so beautiful and it is just, it's oh my God. I can't overstate how intense and how good it is. Um so that is Hawk Mountain by Connor Habib. And mine is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Amezi. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Rebecca wrote in saying in episode 251, a reader detailed their difficulty of reading scary books now that they live alone. I completely relate. The first time I read World War Z by Max Brooks, I couldn't look out the windows at night because I felt like I'd see a horde of zombies getting ready to bust (laughs) into my room. For the next three years, I had to sleep with my nightstand light on and it was the only way I felt safe enough to go to sleep. I only stopped because I moved in with my then boyfriend, now husband, and he wasn't having any of that. I can't recommend this as a practical coping mechanism, but I completely empathize with my fellow glasser and reader folks we empathize too yeah you know it's okay to leave that light nightstand on as oh, long yeah. as you're whoever else is sleeping in that room i mean you got to be nice to that person yes. obviously but yes is it, leave it on it's totally fine so here's another person oh this is a follow-up yeah from this- heidi who is having trouble reading the scary yes, books? Heidi wrote back. All right. So this is Heidi. Hi, Brian Mallory. I was listening to the podcast on Thursday night right before bed and was so excited to hear you read my question. I decided to try a few things out that you suggested the very next day after the podcast aired and over the weekend. Okay, great. Here's my update. I read my scary book during late morning, early afternoon and read my happy book in the evening. I was actually able to sleep that night. Thanks, Bria. Hey, great. I also tried reading it in my bed, so like Mallory suggested, so I wouldn't have to walk through the rest of the house. I was still a bit scared that night, but it wasn't nearly as bad as as it had been. These are both both are definite wins for me. Since I work from home and don't have a commute right now, I also decided to try and wake up half an hour earlier so I could read a little bit before work, and I tried to read some during my lunch break too. Waking up 30 minutes early to read isn't too much of a problem. <laughs> it's not so early that I'm exhausted before work even starts. Thank you for these suggestions. I love this. Also, I've been using our own tips because so Jeremy is traveling for almost six weeks and I was like, I, that means I can't read anything scary for a month yeah. and a half. Yeah. So what I've been doing, I've been taking our both of our advice. I don't read anything scary at night. Mm-hmm. And I go down while the, the sun, I was going to say the light is still on, the big light in the sky while yes. the sun is out and I turn the bedroom lights on. Uh-huh. And that way when I go downstairs at night, it's already light and I don't have to be like, oh no, is there a ghost in there? That's good. That's good. <laughs> wow. I feel very good for you and for, and for Heidi. Uh, well, Heidi wrote in to say, Heidi's Wheelhouse is... Books with socially awkward female main characters, <laughs> books about books about books, libraries and bookstores, books written in email, text messages and letter format or letter format, books with mental health therapist characters. I'm a therapist and books <laughs> set in Ireland. Best vacation I ever went on. Wow. Awesome. People love an Irish set book. I, we have to find more of them because people love them so much. I know. I also love an Irish set book. So uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. A couple bookmarks. Uh, first, I want to remind folks, I'm going on tour in the UK in person. Yes, that's right. If you are in the UK, you can join me and drink or not drink if you don't want to. And talk about books. I am coming on tour for girly drinks. I'm so excited. There'll be a link in the show notes to my website where my tour dates are. Uh, right now I'm doing London and Oxford. And I think there's going to be some more. Um, I am so stoked. I have never gotten to do a book event in the UK. And I would love to see some UK glassers there. It'd be so much fun. So before we talk about how to preserve your books, we're going to take a quick break. 
Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. With seasonal produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Wow. Y'all know we love Green Chef. Green Chef is convenient and easy. It has time-saving recipes. You know when you get home and you're like, oh no, I have to make dinner. What am I going to cook? Or maybe you're like me and you work from home and in the middle of the day, you want something healthy, but you want something fast. Guess what? Green Chef is the way to go. They have great summer produce. They have vibrant flavors and all those things that you're like, I'm not going to buy that, you know, if I'm just going to the store. They give you those little tiny things, those fun things to put into your meals. You know what I'm talking about. They will help you make the most of those long summer days. And they always have 24 changing recipes to choose from every week so you don't ever get bored. You know, I have a lot of dietary needs and Green Chef is great for that. They help, they provide all sorts of options for you. Like, like I said, 24 always changing recipes and you get to choose them. So it's not like something just shows up at your house and you have to make it. You can be like, oh, tonight I really want chicken or tonight I really want to eat vegan. You can pick those ahead of time and then they're ready in your fridge in this cute little package and you don't have to think about it. You just do. You put on a little podcast like reading glasses. You think about your reading, what you're going to read after you're done making dinner and you make yourself a quick little dinner. It is great. We have had such a great time with Green Chef. We're always happy when they sponsor us because we really believe in them. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses130 and use code glasses130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash glasses130 and code glasses130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. $130 off, y'all. That's a lot of groceries. Think about how many groceries there are. And with the prices of groceries now, this is a great savings. That's all I'm going to say. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses130. Use code glasses130 and get that $130 off. Plus free shipping. Glasses130. Hey, it's John Moe. Join me on Depression Mode for conversations on how mental health shapes our life. This week, David Sedaris with stories of his late father that he's finally willing to tell. I think there's a difference between, you know, a good person and a good character. Like, he was a good character, my boyfriend here. And my father was another one of those people. He was a really good character, but he, he wasn't a good person. Depression Mode with John Moe, wherever you get your podcasts. all love books hot news we know we love (laughs) we love print books and we love e-readers but how do we make sure these beloved items stay in good condition we are going to give you some tips on preserving your print books and e-readers so bria is this something you think about keeping your kindle or your books in good condition something i should think about (laughs) something i should consider a lot more um i i should think about like don't get that machine wet don't do it because it is a little machine that I read on. It's a little computer. A little that makes it sound really cute. I know, just a little machine. Uh, but um, I have gotten them wet. Um, I will say yes. I do think about it sometimes, especially if I'm like, 
you know, somewhere I'm trying not to like get it in the rain. If you're in the the reading tub, it in the jungle. In the jungle. <laughs> you know, I do consider that. I, but I will say um, e-readers have gotten a little bit more hardy, better they at absolutely taking a being um, over the course of, since I first got them. Used to, I swear, I would break one every like, it was so often I would break that thing. Um, like I would just like put it down too hard and it would break. <laughs> and now it's like, I feel like, I drop it. I don't put it in a case very often, which I should. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems to it seems to take a licking. Um, um, <laughs> what a great slogan for a Kindle. Take, take Kindle a lickin', takes a licking. Keeps on reading. Um, <laughs> what about you? How do you feel about about keeping your your books in good condition? I feel so so about it. You know, I'm not going to throw my book in a puddle or like you know put it in front of an oncoming train. But, but I'd be lying if I said I paid close attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, You're you not putting a book cover on things. No, 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 yeah. no, no. And, you know, I dust my books because um, I have my little book brush that yeah, I love. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we got an email about that recently. I got to do an update on my book brush. Yeah, gotta, yeah. Um, but the thing about my books is, my print books anyway, I, I do like them to look and feel worn in. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really care if they're faded or whatever uh, or have like, you know, bourbon stains on them or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm pretty actually curious to learn about the best ways to preserve them. Uh, there's an outdoor bookstore that I love in Ojai, California called Bart's Books. And you can see, because, you know, it's an outdoor bookstore, you can see the pattern that the sunlight moves in throughout the day because the books in that area are all faded and like pastel yeah. looking. And I definitely don't want my books to look that worn. So I was excited to do this episode so we can maybe, maybe I can do a little bit to keep them from getting that bad. I do like, I like going, you know, we've talked about this, but I do like going to a bookstore, like a used bookstore and seeing some of the wear and tear on books. Like that mm -hmm. is exciting. And I also like seeing what people have written in them. Like I do like some wear on my books, yeah. but I think you're right. Like I don't want them to be all like they've been sitting in the sun, like, you know, roasting for the past six years. Um, all right. So here are some tips for preserving your print books. We're going to do e-readers after, but first print. Um, first one is, as we just said, keep them out of direct sunlight uh, because sunlight will fade covers and heat can warp the pages. So do you, oh, yeah. do you, are you cognizant of this? Are you? Um, I, I am not because I don't know if I've ever had like a bookshelf in direct sunlight, but I was at someone's house the other day and I, they have a bookshelf in direct sunlight and I noticed that their books were uh, faded. The, the, wow. But just on the spine because mm -hmm. it's the only thing that's there, which is so weird. It's like, to have like oh my God, it's like spine. a book with a tan line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like, do you want your book to have a tan line? <laughs> That's just amazing. keep if you're gonna leave them in direct sunlight, just keep rotating them so they're yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you do kind of have to rotate or not have that bookshelf in direct sunlight. I have a bookshelf in direct sunlight, but mm. I mean, you've been to my new house. Like the sun is like a laser. Like our one one part of our house and our deck has like face like the sun uh, from like noon on is just directly coming in, mm. and we have so many bookcases that like there's one that is in the sun and like we didn't have any other place to put it so mm -hmm. i was just like all right this is just gonna happen and i try so sometimes if i'm thinking of it i'll like shut the blinds yeah sure um during the 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 most intense part of the day um but the rest of the books we're are, gonna have to do a check-in in a couple years after you've been there for a while you know, they look and, like, like see, tomes yeah old, what, old what is grimoires. happening to those books yeah 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 what's the second one 
The second one is to keep out of damp spaces. So just like sun can hurt uh, your books, so can humidity. Like, don't put them in your wine cellar. <laughs> that would be so cool, though. I don't know if wine cellars are damp, actually. I guess they're probably well, they, not. Some of, I mean, some of them, they would if they're down in, like, a dank basement. Yeah, basement. Because um, this can make your book mildewy, which we have talked about. The book of Amontillado. Is the grossest... <laughs> Is the grossest thing yeah. is when a book is mildewy. And yeah, it is really humidity yucky. can warp those pages. There's a lot of problems there. Yeah, so keep it out of your basement. Keep books away. Like if you uh, have a fish tank, that's a huge fish tank. Mm. Keep your book away from How that. How big does a fish tank have? I mean, we have a big fish tank. Yes, or, but is I mean, that, like if you had a humid? I don't know if you had a your books over over the tank, like on a shelf. Maybe. I think the bigger problem I would think would be um we have I have multiple things that put humid air. So I have a humidifier oh. and I have a um uh one of the things diffusers. That, I have diff- I have multiple diffusers. You got a lot of a lot of stuff going in your air. I do <laughs> love putting stuff in the air. And I <laughs> and I find a diffuser to be better than a candle cuz sometimes candles make me sneeze and a diffuser doesn't and I'm always dry. So cuz we live in a desert, you know. So yeah. A diffuser and a humidifier is great. Oh my but god, I'm glad you said that cuz I I we have two it's wicked dry up on the mountain and we have mm-hmm. two humidifiers. Make sure you they're not blowing directly at your books. Yeah, and I will say I the diffuser has warped um wood. I've actually like wow. it sits the place it sits is now warped. So be aware that if those are near books, that's gonna be a problem. All right. Let's- the third one is something that I am really guilty of and I'm actually trying to get better about is don't cram books too tightly on your bookshelves. Mm. And we all have tried to do this because you're like, I can just fit one more in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you are, are this like a dress that you really want and it's only in one size and it's a little too small and you're like, I can fit it. I can do it. I can I'll do make it. it happen. Lay me down on the ground and hold me down like a suitcase. <laughs> I'll get this dress on. But you should really just get a new size because being comfortable is better. And same thing with your bookshelves. You mm. should not cram them in there because the pressure, especially if one of them is a little bit askew, it can warp the book spine yeah. and um, not good. Not are you good. a crammer? Oh, for sure. And I don't even have that many books, but you're like, I'm I just like, like them tight. I should give them, I want them all on the same shelf. No, I just like, I'm like, I'm not going to expand this. Like yeah. I, my comic book area is too crowded and I need to get another shelf, but I'm, I just don't want to buy a new shelf. It's the problem. But yes, I need to, I need to not do that. I finally started putting books behind other books oh. just because I was like, ugh. I started doing this with my romance novels because I have a lot of romance um, mass market paperbacks mm. and you can fit too deep on a bookshelf with those. Oh, yeah. And I finally was like, oh, fine, I'll put the ones that I've read in the back and the ones that I haven't read in the front. Oh, that's smart. Just so they're not all stuffed in there like peas. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the fourth one? Um, to keep your dust jackets on to protect the casing. Now, remember early on in the show, this was a real big controversial people topic for a while. People love a naked book. They like love a, a lot nude of people book. Love, love to take, immediately the first thing disrobe. They do is disrobe. What do they do with? Are they like keep those? I some of them people. Some people said they throw them away. Some people kept them on the shelf, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But if you're not, if you're like done reading the book, the recommendation here is, and this is from all the research I did into people like like different like archives who were like, here's how to how to protect your books is to just leave the dust jacket on. It's a jacket for a reason. It's there <laughs> for a reason. We dressed this book today for a reason. <laughs> Let it keep its little outfit on, but it really it does protect it, especially from. I mean, it does for, from dust. Mm-hmm, from dust, <laughs> and uh, that's wh- and that leads into yes, number five, uh-huh. which is dust the books because besides looking gross and making your house look like a haunted house. Built up dust actually is acidic. Mm. It can, can be pretty acidic and can damage the paper. 
So, I mean, it's good because it's always good to dust because you're like, oh, I'm sneezing all the time. Oh, there's cat hair everywhere. Oh, my God, there's a spider living in this thing. Mm -hmm. But it also like literally can damage the paper after a while. That's why it's good to dust. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I live in a very old house and um, this house, I I think, was not dusted for a very long time. And when I moved in, there were things I would clean and the paint would just come off with yep. the dust. And mm-hmm. I think it was just the dust. Everything was just breaking it down after a certain amount of time. Yeah. So keeping things clean is not just good for you. It's good for the book. Mm-hmm. What's the last one for the print books? Last one is, um, this is something I'm guilty of. Don't do that thing where you leave them open and then put them put them down, you know, to yeah. hold your place. Um, I do that all the time too. Yeah, or or don't, uh, you know, tuck in that cover for too long. Like all the things that you're doing to hold your place, you need to get yourself a nice thin bookmark. Don't leave yes. it open. Don't leave that book open because that is going to cause some problems down the line. I am really guilty of this, yes, especially like if I'm like, oh, someone's talking. Like the you know the delivery person is here. I'll put put my book my book down, and then I I realize I've been left it there. You know, spine down for six hours. Well. I'm I'm talking. I do this thing this shit for like days and days. Like I'm just like, oh, I'll just come back to this later, and I leave it open. And I have warped books that way. I've warped books yeah. by putting, you know, me where I just take whatever's nearby and put it in the middle of the book, and it's like, oh, apparently this like block of wood was not a great bookmark, and now this book is permanently <laughs> this open. claymore I sheathed mm-hmm. inside this book is not going to work out. Yeah, exactly. And the the reason why is that because when you are cracking the spine, you are you can break the glue. Mm. And I did talk to some publishing people about this, um, our secret cadre of pub of reading glasses publishing friends. And the thing is, nowadays glue is the glue that they use in books is pretty strong and mm. you don't have to worry about like sometimes if you notice older books can disintegrate a lot faster and the glue is just sort of like sure. you know, I have a copy of the Scarlet Letter that I've had since high school that I stole from my high school. Wow. But you know what? I I'm calling I'm calling Massachusetts some high school that you I actually to. wrote to my high school, one of my high school English teachers recently to tell him that he, how great he was. So, you know, it should let him know in the same sense. <laughs> be like, you're I great, also, but I did steal from you. I also stole your scarlet letter. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it, the, it's all the pages are practically loose in there mm. because the glue is so old. Nowadays, yeah. glue is a lot better. So you don't have to worry as much, but just to preserve them and to keep them looking good, don't do those things. Mm-hmm. And now, Bria, how do we keep our e-readers safe from the effects of time? Mm. First, uh, keep a cover on it when you're not using it. Um, obviously, you can take the cover off when you are using it. Uh, <laughs> I actually started, I got a cover for my Kobo. We actually should, we should uh, do a book tech sub- segment on the, on this because the last time we reviewed book bows was years ago and they've actually changed their design and I got a book bow for my Kobo and it zippers now. Oh, they used cool. to just have like a little button and then some fin- someone finally was like, we need to zipper these. Yeah. And the, one uh, I, the book, cover I have is just or the the Kindle cover I have is just like a a sleeve so it can fall out the bottom if, it, if you oh it never it does not close oh mm-hmm. yeah we should you should get we should we should get some book bows and mm-hmm. have you test it out mm-hmm. What's um, the next one for our e-readers uh this is one I'm glad that I uh I, I put in here because it's important it's especially nowadays in the past few years we've all been frantically sanitizing absolutely everything is don't use harsh chemicals or anything abrasive to clean the screen mm, that's so true or you are gonna be very unhappy nothing scratchy no scrubs anything anything with any kind of abrasive element to it is gonna damage your screen uh how do you do you clean your Kindle um, I have a, Take it like, in the tub with you. Yeah, I just dump it in the tub. I do like a nice- <laughs> With birthday when you're- <laughs> Just me, the dog, and the Kindle. We all get in the tub in a soapy <laughs> vat of water. No, um, I use, I have like, um, electronic cleaner, uh, stuff that I use for the computer that mm-hmm. I also use for my Kindle. 
But I will say that Kendall's probably completely covered in um, all sorts of germs and chocolate because I don't <laughs> clean it often. I, I, I use the same thing. Uh, uh, me and Jeremy both wear glasses. My boyfriend and I both wear glasses. So there's like, you know, a glasses cleaner within reach in every single part of our house. So we have, Jeremy got this like glasses spray and sometimes I'll spray it on there or, um, and I'll use a little bit of uh, like an alcohol wipe on the back because I'm a, a germaphobe, even though I never did like, I never, my Kobo normally stays at home, so I don't take it anywhere, but I do like to clean it. But I am, um, I'm glad that I didn't try to use like the alcohol on the front part. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, that's very smart. Uh, and last one with your Kindle or Kobo or whatever you use, don't leave it where the screen is in direct sunlight because that can damage the screen or where the screen can get squished. Yeah. Many a Kindle or Kobo has been has been murdered by getting stepped on or just like getting you know, like an elbow on it or mm-hmm. something. If you like leave it in your blankets or something. Yeah. Um, iPads, I feel like, are the most sensitive. If you're reading on an iPad, Ooh, that yeah. is a... That is a don't don't squish it because that screen is not going to recover. Nope. Um, so we are very interested to see how you preserve your books and and e-readers, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're like I toss mine into the dirt every night and yeah. it's fine. <laughs> let let us know. I we I'm curious to see what what people's uh, book and uh, Kindle pres- preservation methods are. Uh, you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Whether it's a warm cup of coffee, basking in the warm sunlight, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority. Y'all have heard us talk about Dipsy before. It is great. It is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. That's right. There are hundreds. You are not going to run out of stories. There's so many stories to choose from. You can find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They even have stories designed specifically for your Zodiac sign. So it's your go-to place for your your me time. You know, if you're trying to spice up that me time, you want to explore your fantasies, you want to heat things up with a partner, this is great and it's right in your earbuds. You can get it anytime. We have had such a great response from our audience uh, from the classers uh, for Dipsy. People really like Dipsy. If you are a romance reader, we would really encourage you to check out Dipsy. It is a great way for you to wind down, to wind up, whatever you want to be winding. It's it's there for you. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's free. Free trial. There's no commitment there. You can just go, see if you like these sexy stories. You're like, look, you could try 30 of the hundreds and see, I mean, that's you're going to find one in there that you're going to like. We, we're pretty sure of that. So that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsy stories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. 
Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Time to test out some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by, we think Bobby with an I, but maybe not. We think. Uh, it is Sprout Bookmarks. Uh, so Sprout Bookmarks are tiny little rubbery green sprout-shaped bookmarks. So they're very small. They're smaller than your thumb. There's a thin part that sticks down into the book, and that's about an inch long, and then it has two short leaves poking out uh, on, on the top of it, so it looks like a little sprout. What did you think of the Sprout Bookmarks? Well, I thought they were cute. <laughs> I thought they were adorable. Uh, I know we got a lot of plant heads here. A it's lot of people be a name just, for that. Uh, plant heads? Sprout, I don't know. Maybe we just call them sprouts. Little sprouties. Um, sprouts. I know people, there are people who are listening and they're like, yeah, the 45 plants to keep me company in my house right now would appreciate. <laughs> my best friend's like that. My best friend, Lauren, is definitely, she's the, she's the green queen. She's the queen of plants. Um, yeah. Well, people who like planting plants inside, people like repotting them. They like taking pictures of them. Hey, this is a way to up your plant game. Because obviously <laughs> you're not using a leaf. <laughs> I don't think you're using a leaf to like mark your place in a book. That would be, that would not make any sense. So this is the next best thing. Um, uh, they aren't plants though. They are plastic. Um, uh, I'm going to say they probably are not very biodegradable, but we've never rated bookmarks on that. So I'm not going to hold that against these. Yeah, we already, we have so much bookmark criteria. I don't know if we need to add. Bio. But the one thing I'll say is they seem pretty, pretty, I thought they wouldn't be durable. I had the exact same yeah, reaction to this. Yeah, but they seem to work. Now, I'm a little concerned about traveling with them. I'm not sure about their viability as far as, like, your travel bookmarks, but they're very small, so I appreciate, like, they can be tucked into a drawer somewhere. Um, but the, I, let me describe them. So they're little, they're, they look like little sprouts, and you put them in your book, and it kind of looks like your book is growing a plant. Yeah, <laughs> It really looks like cute. your book sprouted, is about to sprout into another book, but they're green. <laughs> they're green, like they're sprouting a little flower at the top. Um, how did you feel about these? Yeah, I had the same reaction. I was very skeptical. Yeah. When I brought these home, I showed Jeremy and I was like, look at these little bookmarks. Like, I thought I thought it was, they were going to be awful, to be honest, because they're so small. But you know what? I got to own up, folks. I was very wrong. Mm. They, first off, huge aesthetic points. Very wicked. Very cute. Wicked, wicked cute. To yeah. see two little sprouts sticking out of your book. Um, and the thing is, because they're rubbery, they stay in a book well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have really good stamina, obviously low points on length, um, and durability unknown because I have no clue how well the plastic is going to hold up over time. Like, I don't, we, I would, we would have to check in at like six months to see, you know, if like, if the, the little leaves started ripping or breaking down. Um, but I will say, I probably wouldn't trust these in a tote bag. Um, just because you'd lose them? Or, or they would come out. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, this was my problem with the travel thing, too. Yeah. I feel like if you, they're not staying in your book, but they're really good to, like, put in your book if your book's just sitting around. Yeah, yeah like on a your coffee table, <laughs> nightstand, you know, fantastic. They're so adorable. They're, and I will say they're easy to grab and get out of a book, too. Um, I thought, because they're so small, that it might be kind of a pain to, like, get them out. Um, but my, I do, I have two big drawbacks with them. One... 
not good if you have a cat or a kid oh. or some kind of pet that likes to eat stuff. Because they're cute and they want to play with them. Well, my beautiful son, Sailor Ripley, the trash baby. Well, no, I shouldn't call him. He's my beautiful trash cat, Sailor Ripley. Um, I had to stop him from eating this yes. because he immediately was like, ooh, small piece of plastic. I want that. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop him from pulling it out of my book. So if you have small creatures in your home, probably not the best one. Uh, I also think this is a bookmark that should match. Like, I like a matching bookmark. And I, I, well, the first time I used this, I was reading, like, a horror book. And it is very funny to see, like, this cute little sprout sticking out of a book about a serial killer. Yeah, that's You funny. know, so it's like, <laughs> maybe this is, you would want to match it to, like, a cute romance novel or a literary fiction or something. Would look kind of weird out of out of another book. Um, but so overall, because I had to stop my my terrible, you know, little little garbage cat, Sailor Ripley, from from eating it. I'm giving it a four out of five pages, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this. If you love plants, this is a really cute bookmark to get. Yeah, I agree. And make a cute little gift. Little, oh, little gift. Stocking stuffer, cute yeah. little birth, something to put with a birthday card or something. Yeah. Very, very cute. Very cute. Very cute. If you have a plant, if you have a sprout, what did you call it? A sprouty in your, a planter? Or I guess we could just call it gardener. A gar- really- yes. If you have a gardener. If you have a gardener, you have a gardener in your life, great gift. Yes. Um, so if you want us to test out some book tech, uh, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Or you should check our wish list. There's some cool stuff on there. We love when folks send us stuff. We really appreciate it. There's a link to that in the show notes. Now let's answer a recommendation request. I took the name off of this one just in case, and you'll see why in a second. Just want to make sure that we protect people's privacy. So this glasser wrote in to say, I need some advice. I'm a black polyamorous bisexual woman. I knew this for a while, but I've only recently truly accepted that because of biphobia from both within and outside the LGBTQ plus community. I still struggle with loving myself and embracing my identity, even though deep down I know who I am. Additionally, since I have a bit of a male lean, I feel like I'm not a real bisexual. Because of this doubt, I often have a hard time reading books with LGBTQ plus characters in them, even if they are accurate, non-offensive representations, because a lot of the time these characters are trying to repress this part of themselves or change it in some way. This makes me uncomfortable and it's quite triggering, so I avoid books that focus on queerness altogether. This, yet again, makes me feel like a fake and fraudulent member of the community. How can I overcome this? Are there any books that you guys can recommend that have LGBTQ plus representation that isn't focused on the characters fighting their identities? Bria, what should this glasser do? Well, first of all, congratulations for figuring this out about yourself. Yes. We want to congratulate you. I also would say this is a tough thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to suggest, we always suggest therapy, talking to someone. This is, uh, you're dealing with a lot of identity stuff here. You're dealing with not feeling part of a community that you are a part of. And I think, look, that's, we're, we're just going to blanketly say that always. But I feel like there's a community clamoring for these types of books and this listener yes is one of them mm-hmm. i think that this is a community of people we get this we get people wanting this category of queer books all the time which yes. is look there's a ton of really great books and i love them the coming out books the person realizing mm-hmm. who they are um you know something like that and those are important but those sometimes important. you just want to read queer people making out and having adventures and and just doing things yeah it's not complicated that they it's not it's complicated because of other reasons mm-hmm. but not necessarily the queerness is not what is complicated so i think and there's rooms for all narratives that's yes. what's so wonderful we need all those types of books yes that is what is so wonderful i think one um focusing on books by queer writers is going to be helpful for you 
I think that a lot of queer writers are trying to tell these stories and tell stories that aren't just about being queer. So that's going to be that's going to be helpful. Um, I think also a lot of YA books tend to focus on this sort of coming of age, coming out. Um, I know we've gotten people requesting. They're like, oh, I want a coming out story, but not YA. And it's hard to like find it. Yeah. Adult coming out stories. Um, so I think if you maybe avoid YA, this might be helpful. Um, I also am going to give a suggestion. Now, I haven't finished the book I'm reading right now, but I'm going to say I feel like this could be a really good book for you. You made a fool out of death with your beauty because um, the whole thing is the the main character is bisexual and finds a bisexual man. Um, and I think I know, spoiler, I know that's one thing that happens. Um, and it's very um, open about the bisexuality, not judgy about the bisexuality. And so I think this could be a good book. Um, <laughs> I haven't finished this book, but this episode will come out. I will have finished this book. If for some reason I feel like this is wrong, I will take this out of the show. But if it's still <laughs> in here, I'm recommending this book to you. Um, what do you say for this wonderful black polyamorous bisexual woman? I think this is something a lot of people struggle with. You know, yeah. whenever there's a label for any kind of identity and a community built around that identity, people are going to struggle to feel like they truly belong there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an author that I really, there's a gay author that I really love, uh, John Paul Brammer, and he wrote Ola Poppy that came out last year. Actually, I think this month uh, his, the paperback of it comes out. But his newsletter is really good, and he wrote about this recently that it feels like with the advent of the internet, there's a lot of, like, hyper-individualized things that, mm. you know, like, oh, you know, if you're gay, you love this type of sock and there, you know, yeah. it's like, and, and you love this, you know, type of cinnamon roll, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. like really high, like hyper, hyper individualized stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, but I don't like that kind of sock. Does that mean I'm not the right kind of gay? Does that right. mean I'm not the right kind of queer person? And, um, while those writing like that, you know, the people who like those kind of, kinds of socks, that's great, but it can sometimes make people feel left out and feeling like they don't truly belong. So I think however you identify on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, uh, you feel like this mm. and you feel like, you know, you know, especially with a lot of queer people, they don't are, are oftentimes not, they don't, they don't find their community until later in life. Sure. So they're really trying to like, you know, figure themselves out later in life than a lot of, than, a, than some other people, um, so it's really, really common. Don't feel like, Glasser, do not feel like you're alone. Um, and so I think you overcome it by avoiding those books for now. You don't have to read those books. Yeah. Maybe you feel like you're like, well, you know, I, and I think a lot of a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'm I'm queer. I really need to, just like this, uh, we see this a lot in like feminist stuff. Like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm a feminist. I need to read all these really hard, tough <laughs> feminist books. And um, sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like reading this right now. I don't feel like being depressed. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, just, I just don't feel like reading that. And you don't have to. And you are no less valid by not wanting to interact with books that really like interrogate queer struggles. You know, if you want to read a happy queer book, that's awesome. And you don't and you don't have to feel bad about that. And you know what? Maybe in the future you'll be ready to, but you don't have to right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's absolutely fine. And, you know, if you don't have to read all the types of queer books, if you're in the queer community, no one's going to, there's no recommended, there's no like summer reading list that, that, that you get when you come out. Like, here you go. You have to read all these books or you're going to get it. You don't pass. Yeah. They don't, you actually don't get to be queer at yeah. the end if so you don't read We're going to take your flag if you don't, if you don't read all these books. It's not going to happen. And luckily there are loads of amazing queer books that are not focused on characters fighting their identities. I am also recommending a book about a bi- bisexual woman dating a man, um, Really popular romance book called Take a Hint, Danny Brown by T- Talia Hibbert. And it's about this bisexual woman and her coworkers convince her to start pretend dating the hot security guard oh, at yeah. her work mm-hmm. after a video of him and her goes viral. And they're like, oh, you guys would be so cute. You should totally date. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to. 
Um, and the thing is, he's a hopeless romantic, and she's like not really into it. But then she gets kind of into That's it. Cute. But the whole thing—I mean, she is not fighting her identity. She's just like she's a bisexual person who sees, and she sees a, a Hawkeye that that is, you know, protecting the. I don't know what do security guards do. Just protect the. Protect the building thing. Who could say? Yeah, I mean, I think just like I think. Look, when as long as there are communities, some are gonna. It's gonna, especially now. Like I think that things are can get really tribal, and if there are yes. these worlds, you're gonna feel not a part of it. But I guarantee you, there are books that you will identify with, and people who are like, I'm also that, mm-hmm. and you have that person, and that doesn't mean you don't belong in these other spaces too. Yes. there's room for all these people. And what's so nice about books right now, and media, and movies, and TV, is that that there are room for all these new voices because we have so much space for them and people can actually find things that they do identify with. Yep. Yeah. And there's a ton of stuff. Honestly, if you want to write us back, we'll, we'll send you more books. There's so, there's so much good media. There's so many good books. Watch our flag means death. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a great one. There's so much, so many great shows that like we really are living. I mean, we're living in hell, but there's there's some perks to to living in 2022 and the amount of amazing queer and gay and all the, every part of the LGBTQ plus spectrum uh, books that we get right now is is one of them. So take advantage of it and don't feel bad for what you're reading and let us know if you read it, either of these or find other books that you love that are, that help you feel like you, you belong and are, that are speaking to you as a, as a, as a reader, let us know. We want to hear them. Uh, Send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. You can also send, Anyone else listening, you want to send your recommendation request, we are here to recommend books for you. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you want to look hot and show off your love of reading and help us feed our cats. Uh, go to our Void Merch store, our awesome collaboration with Void Merch. There's so much great stuff. Uh, tote bags and shirts and stickers and pillows and journals. Um, our new design that says book slut is really fucking <laughs> cool. Really excited about it. There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and want to uh, help us out and do something that will really make a difference for us and will be totally free, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening app of your choice. Really, really helps us. It means a lot to us and helps us grow uh, grow the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. reading.